Hey everybody and welcome to episode 81 of the Revive Yourself podcast. Here we go. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Have you got a health issue that just won't go away no matter what you try? Then welcome to the Revive Yourself podcast, where we reveal the secrets to long-lasting health by getting to the root cause of problems that no one else is talking about. So you can have more energy, clear skin, healthier hair, a leaner physique, more confidence, and most importantly, do the things you love and live the life you deserve. Here's your host, Ryan Martin. So guys and girls, hope you're well. Here we are at episode 81. Um... Got a lot of positive feedback on the last episode with Warren because lots of people have been dealing with, well, lots of different health issues. But the one we talk about energetic healing and, and how changing your mindset and your lifestyle and, and just your thoughts around things and and the limiting beliefs is so, so powerful. So that's an awesome episode. Um, today's episode, we have got Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride in with us. Um, she is the author of The Gaps Diet. She is um, actually got a new book out called Vegetarianism Explained, which I'm going to get back on the show for. But she's a, a former medical doctor. She's trained in, uh, she's actually got two master's degrees, one in human nutrition, the other one in, in neurology. She was a neurosurgeon and then um, she met her husband, uh, moved to the UK and uh, they had a child and that child developed autism and she took a deep dive into understanding how to heal autism and she said that hearing her story she went to medical industry and then realized there was nothing they could do had no research and so she went and spent all of her time doing this and this where she developed the gaps diet uh, stands for gut and psychology syndrome uh, and she's been in dealing with people with everything from autism to um yeah, dyspraxia, ADHD, um, every, everything, you know, uh, lots of different health issues, um, all the way through to high blood pressure and advanced diseases and MS, etc. And we have a great conversation here. We go deep into it. And she actually goes talks for a long period of time. I actually don't trust it. At the start, I actually got so many questions for her. She's like, yeah, but let me, let me speak. I'm like, yeah, just because I've got so many questions for you. And I want to ask. And she, she then she goes off on one and it's uh, really good. And, and at the end, we actually get some questions and I actually can't wait to get her back on the show. So that's what we're going to be talking about, um, today. Just before we do that, guys, just to let you know, um, as always, our free four-day mini course is still up at www.reviveyourself.co. Been getting still a lot of people going through that, really enjoying that. Uh, and if you want to work with us one-on-one, then you can send me an email at ryan at reviveyourself.co. Or if you go to www.reviveyourself.co, there is a contact link there, and I'll be happy to converse and, and maybe get you on the phone for our consultation uh, to see how, if or how we can help you. Um, yeah, we work differently. We don't just uh, charge you for consultations. Um, um, our programs do require a, a decent investment in both finance and in commitment and lifestyle change etc but um first of all we like to get people on the phone to speak to them to see if and how we can help you and if we're a good fit that's a very important part because we do work very closely with people anyway that being said and done this is dr natasha Campbell mcbride along with donna gates someone i uh, unbeknown to her i studied a lot of her research um and and donna gates as well uh, when uh, going through my own healing protocols my own healing 
her practices years ago and I've been using her principles and practices ever since and they've been getting results worldwide ever since and um, yeah so without further ado here she is here's the interview enjoy and I'll see you on the other side so guys welcome to episode 81 of the Reviver Cell podcast today's very distinguished guest is Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride and uh, well she's actually just re- relocated to uh, sunny Norfolk and she says that the weather's nice out there. Is that correct? It is. <laughs> awesome. It is. It's a beautiful sunny day. <laughs> it's nice, actually. The same. It's sunny here as well, which is always always makes people smile. Um, I always say it's the sun's a massive antidepressant, um, which uh, you know it makes people feel happier. But um, so we've got lots to talk about today, Natasha, uh, about health. You've been someone that I've followed for a while, probably un- unbenign to you. Uh, you and Donna Gates, especially, have did. A lot of um, research around Donna's work and, and, and your work, but just for, for people out there looking into your backstory, you are um, obviously you're from Russia, and you um, you've studied, you've got master's degrees in in uh, human nutrition, you've got a master's degree in neuro uh, neuroscience, um, you're also a neurosurgeon. Um, what, what, why did you then come to, to, to England? What was the reasons before? Because you had a clinic in Cambridge, and now um, I'm assuming your clinic has moved to Norfolk with you. Is that correct? Yes, I graduated as a medical doctor in Russia, mm-hmm. and uh, then I was working as a neurosurgeon and a neurologist in Russia. Mm-hmm. And then um, mm-hmm. I got married and uh, moved to this country. Okay, it's it's my husband. It's my husband who brought me here. Okay, and then uh, I started my family, uh, had two children mm-hmm. here in this country, mm-hmm. and the first child was the one that um, changed my professional life completely just turned me around 180 degrees completely because at the age of three he was diagnosed with autism very quickly i've discovered that my own profession had absolutely nothing to offer my child so that threw me into a very steep learning curve i went back to university in this country studied human nutrition studied many many other things and the result of all that is the gaps nutritional protocol which i have developed and uh, my son, who has fully recovered, and now is a young man who is leading a normal life. So, this is. This is so I've had. Um, I'm, tell you what, I'm just going to turn the camera off my end as well, just trying to make sure we get completely uh, as good a signal as possible. But Natasha, when you just said that, that's going to um, be an inflammatory. For some people, that that you managed to heal your son from autism is going to be a highly inflammatory remark that's going to put a lot of people's backs against the wall. I've mentioned it before. I've, I've interviewed a lady called Karen who's got a website called Naturally Healing Autism who did the same with her son. And I remember putting out a, a post about it. Um, I've got lots of people, even former clients of mine, saying you cannot cure autism or you cannot change it around. It's something that goes on with the brain. You cannot do anything about it. Um, research, medical research has, has told us this. And anyone who tells you you can, you're um, preying on people's insecurities and you're um, giving them false hope. And you should basically be very careful about what you're saying. Now, I want you to go into this, but I think... There's no one, when you've been ill yourself, like I, I was, this is why I got into what I do, and I am guess this is huge for you because you're a mother, mother of a son who has uh, had autism. I don't think, as you said before, your, your, your medical industry had nothing to offer you. Now, was you actually quite surprised at that, um, going back, was you surprised at that? And, and how did you even start to look um, 
into how you could heal it. I mean, the, the gap start, you obviously you did it yourself. I mean, you've written it yourself, but what avenue should you have to take? And so a bit of a loaded question here. I've gone around the thing. Have you hit, have you had quite a lot of people telling you that you're wrong and, you, and autism can't be cured as well? A few little questions there for you. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of questions. Yeah, there. sorry. I feel because it's it's such a loaded. It's because I want to want you to maybe just go into maybe tell your story. It's probably the easiest way to do it. But it's just because there's such a uh, passion about people. Oh, I've had women on uh, on site saying, "Look, um, there's nothing wrong with with children with autism. Um, I'm I'm proud of my son." And it's like, of course, I'm sure you are proud of your son, and and you're happy with him. But I'm sure no one ever wants to. No one ever goes into having a child wanting them to be autistic, you know. Um, and so, if and if it's something that you can help and and, and get better, and my ex girlfriend has two autistic um, siblings, and you know, every day with them is no picnic. And, and so, like anyone that can offer any sort of any sort of change for this, I mean, I think it's something that people need to listen very carefully to. Absolutely. Well. If you would let me talk, uh, then I will explain the whole issue Sorry, in detail. Sorry, go for it. I believe that there is a place for all forms of healing in this world, and our mainstream medicine has a, a place. It has a wonderful ability to help us in an emergency, in life and death situations. If you got run over by a bus, you wouldn't want an ambulance to take you to a homeopath, would you? Mm-hmm. You will need mainstream medicine and fast because our mainstream medicine has wonderful ways of dealing with uh, these kind of situations, life and death, emergency, acute situations when there is a need for surgery, there is a need for saving person's life. However, when it comes to a chronic degenerative condition, the mainstream doctor is probably the last person you want to go to. Because first of all, mainstream medicine is not geared and designed to understand what causes the chronic disorder. They do not understand it. And they don't, they're not even interested because the way um, the mainstream medicine is designed is to suppress symptoms and make the person more comfortable. As you suppress symptoms with mainstream medication, every medication has side effects, so there will be more symptoms, and that means more medications have to be prescribed. So people with chronic conditions finish up with handfuls of uh, pills that they have to take, and they do not really address the root cause of their disorder. All the doctor can do is just make them a little bit more comfortable to bring down the symptoms. But the symptoms is the way your body is trying to let you know that you are damaging it, that you're doing something wrong to it. So instead of suppressing them, we need to listen to these symptoms. When you take pharmaceutical drugs which suppress symptoms, you're basically telling your body that uh, you wanted to stop calling for help and suffer in silence. That's all you're doing. So when you have a chronic degenerative condition, you want to go to an alternative practitioner. The first thing you need to look at is your nutrition. Then perhaps you want to work with any other alternative modality and different people found help with different modalities. What happens with autism? The GAPS nutritional protocol that I have discovered and I have designed and the concept of GAPS basically explains the cause, the root cause of autism, and not only of autism, but many, many other chronic degenerative conditions, mental and physical. So what happens with GAPS people? We have a person with abnormal gut flora, gut and psychology syndrome, abnormal gut flora. Majority of people know that we have some microbes living inside our digestive system. Well, recent research has discovered the fact 
that 90% of all cells in the human body live in our gut flora. 90%. That means that your body is only 10% of you. It's a shell, a habitat for this mass of microbes that live inside you. When the gut flora is healthy, it is well balanced. There are trillions of bacteria there, viruses, fungi, protozoa, archaea, flukes, worms, all kinds of things, from the tiniest microscopic viruses to a, a meter-long thing. And all of them are important, and all of them must be there, and they all plant each other, and harvest each other, and eat each other, and control each other, and do not allow each other to get out of control. And out of this beautiful balance and harmony between all of these microbes is born health of your body, because the roots of your health are sitting in your gut flora. The more we're researching the gut flora, the more we're realizing now that it reaches far beyond the digestive system, that it is in charge of appropriate digestion and absorption of food. When a person develops abnormal, unbalanced gut flora, this person cannot digest food properly and cannot absorb it and develops multiple nutritional deficiencies. At the same time, the immune system is balanced and pretty much ruled by the composition of our gut flora. So when the person has abnormal gut flora, the immune system gets out of balance, it's malnourished, it's intoxicated, it cannot function appropriately. As a result, the person develops allergies, asthma, eczema, and autoimmune disease. This best part of 200 various autoimmune conditions uh, um, identified so far, and uh, the more we studying chronic conditions, the more we're realizing that everyone has an autoimmune component. And all of these autoimmune conditions and allergies and other immune abnormalities and chronic inflammation are born in the gut because 85% of your immune system is located in the gut wall. So your digestive system is the biggest and the most important immune organ in your body. And there is a good reason for that because 90% of you is sitting inside the gut. That's your gut flora. And the relationship between your immune system and the gut flora is a very tight, tight one. Very, very close relationship. They affect each other all the time. And the gut flora really dictates to the immune system what needs to be done and how it needs to be balanced and how it needs to function. When the gut flora is abnormal in a person, the pathogenic microbes which overgrow there in the gut, they digest food that comes along in their own way, converting it into a whole river of very toxic poisonous chemicals. At the same time, they damage the integrity of the gut wall so all these toxins absorb. And wherever they get you in the body, they get into the blood, they get into the lymph, they get distributed around the body. Wherever they get you in the body, they will cause disease. When these toxins get in the brain, they will upset the functioning of the brain. They will interfere in the functioning of the brain. And depending on the mixture of toxins, what kind of chemicals are getting into the brain, depending on the constitution of the person and in the stage uh, in person's life, there will be different symptoms in a different person. Let's start with autism. Let's start with the little ones with autism. I have absolutely no doubt, and many other holistic doctors agree with me, that pretty much close to 100% of today's autistic children were born with a perfectly normal brain. Uh-huh. These were perfectly normal babies. Uh-huh. But what, what happened to these babies, on the day one of their life, they acquired abnormal gut flora from their mother okay. and from the father. Because uh-huh. the fact is that the parents pass their gut flora to the child. Uh-huh. 
during birth and the mother's womb passes uh, her bodily flora to the child even during pregnancy because we now know that uh, the woman's womb is richly populated with her own flora placenta has its own flora fallopian tubes have their own flora and even the um, ovaries have their own flora so the baby is born already with some gut flora that the baby acquired during pregnancy from the mother while being in the womb but then as the baby goes through the birth canal at the moment of birth it swallows mouthfuls of microbes which live in the mother's birth canal in her vagina mm -hmm. where does the vaginal flora come from it comes from the woman's bowel so if she if she has abnormal gut flora she will have abnormal flora in her vagina yeah. and that's what she's passing to her baby at the moment of birth and it comes from the father because through sexual contact the father shares his flora on his um, uh, organs in the groin with the mother on a regular basis and that flora in his groin comes out of his bowel so that's how the father passes his gut flora to the newborn baby through the mother we have an epidemic in the abnormalities of the gut flora. Before I talk about the health of the child in my clinic, I always talk about the health of the parents and even grandparents in the family. And a typical scenario has emerged. If grandparents had maybe a couple of courses of antibiotics in the 50s and 60s before having their children, um, they had slightly damaged gut flora and that's what they passed to their child at the moment of birth. Then that generation of children grew up in a very different world where antibiotics were given to them for every cough and sneeze. Every course of antibiotics wipes out beneficial bacteria in the gut. These bacteria do recover, but different species take between two weeks to two months to recover. And that's a window of opportunity for all the other microbes in the gut, which were controlled by that bacteria, to get out of control to produce lots and lots of babies, to spread, to occupy new niches in the digestive system. So the recovering beneficial bacteria have a fight on their hands. So from one course of antibiotic to the next course of antibiotic and to the next course of antibiotic, there's less and less of balanced healthy gut flora is left in the child and more and more of unbalanced damaged gut flora in the child. At the same time, that generation of people grew up not only having regular antibiotics, but having junk food because our food industry and our modern agriculture has blossomed at the same time. Every pesticide, fungicide, herbicide, and chemicals that are given to farm animals are antibiotics in their nature. So that generation grew up on lots of antibiotics in the food, uh -huh. plant foods mm -hmm. and animal foods. On top of that, breastfeeding went out of fashion around the same time. No formula in the world can ever replace human breast milk because human breast milk is essential for the baby to develop normal gut flora. Breast, uh, bottle-fed babies develop completely different gut flora to the breast-fed babies, and it predisposes them to allergies, to autoimmune disease, and to mental illness in children. And then that generation of young ladies, when they grew up, were put on a contraceptive pill, which they took for quite a few years before they were ready to start their own family, Contraceptive pill has a devastating effect on the gut flora and on the immune balance of the woman. So by the time that generation of young people started their families and started having babies, their gut flora was seriously damaged. And that is what they pass into their babies at the moment of birth. Far more damage than what their parents gave to them uh, at the moment of birth. And this situation of the depth of the damage to the gut flora in the Western population is getting worse and worse every year. 
The babies that I'm dealing now in my clinic are so much more damaged than babies that I saw even five years ago. Because every year, the ladies who are having babies, they have worse gut flora than the ladies who had babies even last year mm-hmm. in the Western world. That is what's happening. And it is this epidemic in the abnormalities in the gut flora that is the real root cause of pretty much every chronic degenerative condition in the Western world. So let's talk about autism. You've asked about autism. So what happens in these babies? He's a normal baby, and this baby goes through the birth canal at the moment of birth, acquiring abnormal flora from the mother from day one. So as a result, uh, the gut of this baby doesn't develop appropriately. While the baby is exclusively breastfed, hopefully, Breast milk doesn't need any uh, digestion. It's a perfect food for the baby. The baby can survive. The baby would grow and develop normally. Uh, There may be some colic because the baby acquired abnormal gut flora from the mother. And that abnormal gut flora is fermenting the the milk and causing production of a lot of gas. And that causes colic in the baby. Colic, by the way, is not normal. Yes, when the baby would scream until and cry until that bubble of gas moved to a less painful part of the digestive system or got released one way or another. So colic is not normal. It is a first signal that the baby has abnormal gut flora and more serious problems are to come. But then when the weaning comes, when other foods uh, get introduced and when formula gets introduced, that's when that abnormal gut flora really blossoms in the baby, damages the integrity of the gut wall, starts digesting food in its own sweet way, producing a myriad of very poisonous chemicals. These chemicals get into the bloodstream of the baby, get distributed around the body, and get into the brain of the baby, clogging it with toxicity. How do babies learn? Babies come into this world like little aliens. They need to learn everything. They use their sensory organs, their eyes, their ears, their tactile sensitivity, their smell, their taste buds, to collect information from the environment. And then that information is passed to the brain to be processed. And that's how the brain learns in the baby, that this is mommy, this is daddy, I can trust them. This is a toy, I play with it like this. I don't throw it, I don't destroy it, I don't line it up. This is another child, I copy this child, this is food, I eat it. But if the brain's brain, if, if the baby's brain is clogged with toxicity coming out of the gut, And in these babies, there's a river of toxins flowing from the gut into the brain of the child. This brain, intoxicated brain, cannot process that information coming from the eyes of the child, the ears, the smell uh, um, receptors, the taste buds, the tactile sensitivity, and all other sensory organs. All this information gets distorted in the brain of the child. It gets into a mush, into a noise, and from this noise, the child cannot decipher anything useful. It cannot learn anything useful. That is why autistic children do not know their parents very often. They are known to pick up a hand of any stranger on the street and walk away with that person with mommy running behind and screaming his name because mommy doesn't mean any more than any other human being around. Mm. They don't know what to do with toys. They don't know what to do with food. They don't know what to do with other children around. Instead, the brain develops survival procedures, which manifest themselves in a, in a repetitive, senseless uh, behaviors, which are called self-stimulation, stims, when the person does, when the child does this repetitive self-stimulation. The longer the child is stuck in that toxic state, 
the more this toxic bombardment, this river of toxicity that is bombarding the brain all the time. And of course, the immune system will be there with its antibodies attacking the brain as well. It will be there. So there is an autoimmune component to the whole thing. The longer that bombardment goes on, the more physical damage is inflicted upon the brain of the child. So in my experience, if we catch a little one up to the age of four, maximum five, preferably the younger the better, the more chances there are for that child to recover fully from autism, to shake it off entirely, because the brain is still intact, it is still fresh, it is still normal, it's not damaged yet, not warped yet. So these children, as soon as that we heal the gut, what we do with the GAPS nutritional protocol, we change the gut flora in the child, we drive out pathogens, we reestablish normal gut flora in the child, and we heal and seal the gut wall. We close up all those holes in the gut wall of the child. Once that happens, that river of toxicity stops. It stops flowing from the getting into the blood. The food starts digesting properly before it absorbs and toxicity stops. And then the brain takes a few weeks to clean itself up because human brain has a wonderful ability to clean itself. Mm -hmm. Our whole body has a wonderful ability to clean itself, given a chance. So the brain then cleans itself up, and from that moment on, the child wakes up. He comes out from that autistic fog, that toxic fog, and he's able to learn. The younger the child is when that happens, the less the child missed out on his development. And the quicker they catch up and the more fully they recover, these children. Because other two, three, four-year-olds are not standing still, typically healthy children, typically developing children. They're developing at a very rapid pace. Mm -hmm. So for our autistic little one to catch up, they have to run, they have to develop very, very fast. And uh, the less development they've missed out on, the less they've fallen behind uh, their peers of the same age, the quicker they catch up and the more they're able to catch up and, and, and learn all of that information. So it is very important, that is why, to to catch little ones and to start um, to start the GAPS nutritional protocol as early as possible. If the child is older than five, five years old, um, if the child is six, seven, eight or older, of course, this child will not recover fully from autism because we've got now physical damage being inflicted upon the tissue of the brain by the autoimmune attack and by this whole bombardment with toxic, um, with toxicity coming out of the gut. These children are poisoned. Basically, they intoxicated these children. And that inflicts physical damage to the brain. So the whole um, behavior and the whole uh, disability becomes ingrained and becomes more permanent. But even at that age, you cannot predict to, watch the, to what degree the child will recover. I had eight, nine, ten-year-olds who recovered to an amazing degree. Mm -hmm. Amazing degree. They're not 100%, you know, they will not uh, shake autism off 100%, but they can shake it off 80%. They can be in the mainstream school, they can have friends, and they can have uh, a life, uh, and they can manage uh, to live in this world and be more or less independent, these people. Mm -hmm. And I had people with severe forms of autism in their 40s, in their 30s, and even then the 50s. People who are in a wheelchair, people who are not totally trained, at that age, who have no speech and very difficult to look after. If you put them on the GAPS nutritional protocol, of course this person will not recover from autism. But what will happen? These people are in pain. 
Their tummy hurts, their head hurts, their joints are hurting, their muscles are aching. Everything hurts in these people. They, they, they have nausea. They feel awful, these people. That is why they misbehave. That is why they're aggressive. That is why they're lashing out. That is why they're making noises and smearing their feces and, and behaving in all kinds of uh, ways. When we put them on a GAPS nutritional protocol permanently, they need to be on the diet, on the GAPS diet permanently for the rest of their life. The pain goes. The inflammation disappears. These people feel well. Their tummy doesn't hurt anymore. The headache disappears. The muscles don't hurt anymore. They feel comfortable and they feel well. They become happy within themselves and much easier to look after. And I had patients like that in their 40s who were totally trained for the first time in their life. And that's a huge thing for carers. It makes so much easier to look after that person. And if the carers want to put some effort into teaching that person some skills, at that age, at that point, they can be taught to a degree, these people, which makes them much easier to look after. So when we talk about recovery from autism, we're talking about little ones. We're talking about tiny, uh, tiny uh, little toddlers and children maybe up to the age of four, four and a half, maximum five. That's when we can, when I've seen uh, thousands of children who recovered fully from autism and who are leading now a normal life. So that's, that's what we're talking about. When the mixture of toxicity coming from the gut is different, maybe the level of toxicity is not so high in a child, then the child may not develop autism but may become hyperactive, dyslexic, dyspraxic, oppositional defiant, or develop another unique group of symptoms which do not fit into any diagnostic box necessarily, but still the child has a, a learning disability. You still can see that the child is not developing normally. So our mainstream medicine, our psychiatry keeps creating new diagnostic labels and new diagnostic boxes for these children. Um, but of course, every child is unique and every child has a unique gut flora with a unique microbial composition. And there will be a unique mixture of chemicals and toxins coming out of that abnormal gut flora to the brain. That is why none of these children really fit into any diagnostic box, because our diagnostic boxes are purely descriptive. Yeah. We take a bunch of symptoms, we put them into a box, and we call that box autism. Mm -hmm. We take another bunch of symptoms, we put them into another box, and call that box um, ADHD or something else. But uh, none of these children really truly fit into any diagnostic box. So what I tell the parents of two-year-olds, two-and-a-half-year-olds, you know something's wrong. You know, parents in their heart know something's wrong with their child. The child's not developing the way the child should develop. And uh, don't wait. Start the GAPS nutritional protocol. And if you do that, then chances are in a few weeks' time, you will not need a diagnostic label anymore because the gut wall will start healing. That river of toxicity will stop coming into the brain of the child and the child will start developing. The, start, the child will start learning. With autistic children, all that development that they've missed out on, depending how old the child is, if the child is older than three, certainly, they have missed out on an enormous amount of development because certain skills have to be learned at a certain window of opportunity at a certain age in a child. And if the child at that age was trapped in that toxic fog and the brain was not developing, the brain was intoxicated, then the child may not necessarily on his own develop those skills after that river of toxicity stops and the brain cleans up. So those skills will need to be actively taught to that child. That is why autistic children need to be taught one-on-one uh, -on -one 
in parallel with the GAPS nutritional protocol. That combination, in my experience, the combination of applied behavior analysis, ABA, and GAPS nutritional protocol produces the best results. Some people do sunrise programs. Some people uh, choose other ways of teaching their child. But the, the teaching has to be intensive enough to allow the child to develop at a double speed because they've fallen behind their peers, quite, quite a way behind. And for them to catch up with their uh, peers of their age, they need to run. They need to learn at a double speed. And I know only of one program which can provide that intensity, and that is ABA. That is why a combination of BA, a, ABA and the GAPS nutritional protocol produces the best results for these children. What, what is ABA, um, it's a applied behavior analysis. It's a special, very special um, teaching program that has been developed for autistic children, okay. which has documented, very well documented, um, best results that are produced for these children. Okay. So, my first book called Gut and Psychology Syndrome focuses on learning disabilities in children and mm -hmm. on psychiatric illness. From my point of view, every psychiatric illness, every mental problem in a child or an adult is a GAPS condition. Whether it is autism, ADHD, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, depression, anorexia nervosa, epilepsy, or any, anything else. I have no doubt about it. And I have been talking about it for the last 30 years. And now in the last five, six years, uh, Western science started producing study after study confirming uh, what I've been saying for those years. Mm -hmm. We now have studies which are confirming that autism is born in the gut that schizophrenia is a gut condition, that bipolar disorder is a gut condition. So one disease after another is now being qualified as the auto-intoxication coming out of the digestive system of the person because the person has abnormal gut flora. Every mental illness, I have no doubt about it. I have many, many, many children all over the world with epilepsy who have recovered from epilepsy partially or fully on the GAPS nutritional protocol. Because when the level of toxicity coming into the brain gets too high and it's physically damaging to the brain's tissue, in the proportion of children with these problems, the brain develops a cleansing procedure, a safety valve. When it sends one electric discharge through and clears the whole lot of toxins out, because this and that is an epileptic seizure. This fact has been known for the last 200 years in the classical psychiatry. Can you just say because that again? Can you say that again? Because I think that's really important for people. Natasha, just go through that again. The, the actual the epilepsy, process. Epilepsy is a cleansing reaction of the brain, an epileptic seizure. It is the, the, the way the brain cleanses itself, removes toxins, burns them all out, these toxins. It's been known in the classical psychiatry for the last 200 years. Mm. It's been described in the classical psychiatric texts by very big psychiatrists uh, all over the world. Because in those days, the only way to deal with a, a violent psychotic person was to lock this person up in a cage. And what psychiatrists have described, that when this person, who was a raging, raging psychotic, you could not come close to this person, would have an epileptic seizure, for a few hours after the seizure stopped, this person was normal. Psychosis was gone. This was an intelligent, reasonable, lucid person. You could talk to them. They would behave normally because the brain cleansed itself through the epileptic seizure. But then, of course, the toxicity keeps coming from the gut because nobody healed the gut in this person. Mm -hmm. And it builds up in the brain again, and the person would slide back into psychosis. 
So this situation has been described many times in the classical old um, texts of psychiatry. So we have known for a long time that an epileptic seizure is a cleansing procedure for the brain. That's how the brain cleanses itself. So these toxins in, an, in a child or an adult with epilepsy come out of the digestive system of the person. When we heal the gut, when we change the gut flora, when we heal and seal the gut wall, so the gut stops being a source of toxicity in the body and becomes a source of nourishment for the person as it's supposed to be, epilepsy stops because the brain then has a chance to catch up with these toxins, clean itself up, mm -hmm. and epileptic seizures either reduce in the frequency, become milder, much milder, much uh, the person is much more comfortable, or in many patients they stop altogether. So it depends on the situation in a person. Mm -hmm. Talking about the rest of the body, because so far we've focused on the brain, let's talk about the rest of the body, because these toxins from the gut don't just go to the brain, they can go to any organ, any tissue in the body, depending on the affinity, depending so where they want to go, according to their biochemical structure, their biophysical structure, uh, their behavior, because different chemicals like to be attracted to different molecules in the human body. So if these toxins go into the joints, then they would cause arthritis, mm -hmm. any kind of arthritis, osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, migratory arthralgia, or, or any other kind of arthritis. Mm -hmm. I have no doubt that all forms of arthritis are gaps, conditions. When we heal the gut in a person, arthritis disappears. If they go into the skin, these toxins, they would uh, produce psoriasis, eczema, dermatitis, or any other skin condition. If they go into the lungs of the person, they would produce asthma um, and other uh, lung conditions, other, other chronic lung disorders. Right, yeah. If they go into the heart, they will produce palpitations and various um, atrial fibrillation and various other uh, heart problems in a person because these are toxins. They have very powerful ability to upset metabolism in every tissue and every organ on the most basic level. Mm -hmm. And of course, that will produce symptoms. If they go into the bones, these toxins, they can produce all kinds of problems in, a, in the bone structure, osteoporosis, uh, one. But if there is an autoimmune condition, uh, then osteoarthritis or another condition in a person. If they go into the kidneys or that system, they would produce nephro nephropathy, chronic cystitis, or any other um, problem in, that, in the urine, urinary tract. Mm -hmm. So wherever they get mm -hmm. you, they produce illness, they produce a disease. And as I say, about 200 of chronic conditions now have been qualified as autoimmune. All autoimmunity is born in the gut. No matter how far away from the digestive system, yep. an autoimmune disease mm -hmm. manifests itself. Somebody asked about multiple sclerosis. You asked me to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Multiple sclerosis mm -hmm. is an autoimmune condition. What happens in these people? Toxicity coming out of the gut absorbs through the damaged gut wall, go into the blood, go into the lymph, get into the brain. And these particular toxins, for whatever reason, have uh, uh, are attracted to proteins in the brain tissue where they attach themselves to the proteins of myelin. Myelin is a fatty substance which insulates every nerve fiber and every nerve cell in the nervous system. Because our nervous system works on electricity, and like any electric wire, it has to be insulated, doesn't it? We understand. Otherwise, they will short between themselves. So myelin is a fatty tissue, which is very rich in cholesterol, by the way. It's a high, high cholesterol tissue. And 
this is the insulation around every nerve fiber, around all of those electric wires and electric things in the brain. There's a lot of protein in myelin. But what happens, the toxins which come out of the digestive system from the activity of the gut flora like to attach themselves to proteins in myelin. And when they do that, they change three-dimensional structure of those proteins in the myelin. Then the immune system comes along because your immune system goes around your body, surveying it all the time, checking everything all the time, if everything's okay, finds these changed proteins, looks at them and says, you're not mine. I don't recognize you as mine. And attacks them. And in the initial stages, it would attack them with inflammation, which is an immediate response. It's off-the-shelf response. The immune system doesn't have to work long on producing that response. So the person will have the first bunch of symptoms with um, multiple sclerosis. You know, for example, abnormalities in the vision, maybe incontinence, maybe a few uh, slight paralysis here and there, or, or strange sensory um, sensations. And inflammation is a major cleansing um, mechanism in the human body. It will clean those proteins up. It will remove all those toxins off them, leave myelin clean. And as a result, the person's first, first um, um, manifestation of the disease goes away, usually. The person will have it for a few days, maybe a few weeks, and then it disappears because the immune system has cleaned that myelin up. But the gut is still damaged. The gut flora is still abnormal. The gut wall is still like a sieve with lots of holes in it. Toxins are still absorbing. So these toxins will find that myelin again. They'll accumulate in the myelin again in the central nervous system and the peripheral nervous system of the person. And the immune system will launch another attack. But then, by then, the immune system had enough time to study these proteins, these changed, contaminated proteins with the toxin attached to them, to study them well, and to develop specific antibodies against them. These are specific soldiers which are trained to attack that specific contaminated protein. So the next uh, exacerbation of multiple sclerosis, the next episode of it, will be autoimmune. We'll have an autoimmune mechanism to it. And so the person has got an autoimmune disease, a multiple sclerosis, which will go in this kind of up and down um, pattern, depending if the person's body has an ability to clean them up, these proteins. If the toxicity is coming en force in huge amounts, then it can be a, a more severe form of multiple sclerosis. So in order to heal from multiple sclerosis, it is the gut we have to start from. Yeah, sure. Whether the person has digestive symptoms or not, it doesn't matter. The person has abnormal gut flora, the gut walls damaged and porous and leaky, and toxins are flowing from the gut to the nervous system. That's where the person has to start. Read my GAPS book, follow the GAPS diet, the, the, the GAPS nutritional protocol, you will start recovering. Yep. Later on, um, quite a lot of people, I have many people around the world with multiple sclerosis who recovered and who are maintaining they recovery quite well, leading a normal life, because with multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, and other such severe autoimmune diseases, these people generally um, cannot come off the GAPS diet. The GAPS diet has to become their lifestyle for the rest of their lives. It's a very nourishing, very easy diet to follow. It's based on traditional foods that were cooked by traditional cultures all over the world. So it isn't difficult to follow. Mm. But these people cannot come off. 
yeah. Diet. Society yeah. makes that quite a challenge for people. That's the, that's the that's the issue. But I completely agree with you, um, Natasha. This when we talk about, we say quite a lot. You know, you 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 can't dry off when you're still in the shower, and you have to stop the toxins coming in and heal it. And I even heard you mention before that um, people always talk about the gut being now second brain abdominal brain and, and recently I've heard you talk about how it's actually now considered our first brain it's even more important than the one in our head um, and so by getting that healed and sealed and healthy the rest of the body can then start to well it can start to heal the rest of the body your body can start to to live how it wants to live uh, rather than getting these conditions absolutely all diseases begin in the gut this statement was made by the father of modern medicine, Hippocrates, more than 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. And the more we learn with our modern scientific tools, the more we realize just how correct he was. Indeed, it seems that every truth that we rediscover is just a well-forgotten truth from the past. Yeah. So all yeah. diseases begin in the gut. There's no doubt about it. And I have no doubt about it whatsoever. And because in, this, in our medicine we didn't have a diagnosis for that, I've created it. I called it gut and psychology and gut and physiology syndrome. And then my patients abbreviated it to GAPS. And um, GAPS has become a movement all over the world. Millions of people all over the world are following this protocol with great results. And people are recovering from all kinds of illnesses. Illnesses that I've never actually dealt with myself, such as uh, fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome and narcolepsy and neuropathy and alcoholism and drug addiction and all kinds of illnesses. Yeah, I just find it remarkable that I deal with these people who've got all these these issues as well, uh, Natasha, and and I find it remarkable that the, the medical industry still... Um, people come and they say, oh, there's nothing you can do with fibromyalgia, and they just give them drugs. And it's like, how? It's, it's remar- I know it's just because of the moment of time, but it's remarkable they haven't stumbled across your work or anyone else's research and seen what's happened, and they still don't understand how important diet and lifestyle is. And it comes to boosting the immune system, healing their gut, reducing the toxic load, you know. And, it, and it's, I've said it before, a lot of times on our show, um, uh, and I'll say it again. The way you heal anything is the way you heal everything. Um, a few subtle differences, but you take care of the the main, the big main rocks, and it's amazing the changes that you you, you get. Um, and, and you know you touch on so many things there. Um, it's actually you touch on so many things there, especially when it came to autism and 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 there's so much I actually wanted to ask you, and I know you probably got more to say. Um, but just just around because people because when it comes to to autism, there's a few things you mentioned there actually as well. Um, also, you said about the brain cleaning itself. A lot of uh, um, people don't realise we've got this lymphatic system. People know about the lymphatic system, how our body cleans itself. The lymphatic system is the, the brain's way of cleaning itself, and people don't realise that usually comes on in the evening or mid between about one, um, or I think it's actually between. 2 and 6 maybe, 2 and 6 a.m. to p. Uh, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. And, and Wi-Fi has actually that, been that, shown yes, to it Yes, that, that is the time that the body cleanses itself. Yeah, That's yeah. right. Wi- we Wi-Fi have, What yeah, yeah. we have to understand that human body is a pinnacle of evolution. Mm-hmm. It is a miraculous creation. It has every mechanism of healing and cleansing itself programmed into it. If you give your body a chance to cleanse itself and repair itself, it will it will do that beautifully. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is just listen to it and assist it. Yeah, and <laughs> of course, the human body is part of nature. So the answers and the truth for the human body lie in nature. Because Mother Nature 
took billions of years to design human body. Every little detail, every little nook and cranny has been thought through very, very thoroughly, very, very carefully. Compare that with our modern science, which tinkered in their laboratories only for a few decades. What can our science possibly know even close to the wisdom of nature, to the wisdom that is programmed into your own body? Mm. So all you have to do is listen to that and follow the natural ways of treatment. As I said, there is a place for every form of healing and mainstream medicine has its place, yep. but, but not with the chronic conditions. Yeah. And when your mainstream doctor tells you that there is no uh, cure, there is no answer, what the doctor is saying to you, I don't know a cure. Mm-hmm. That they don't have it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist elsewhere. Because mm-hmm. nobody in this world has the right to say that they've got all the knowledge, that they know everything. And that's uh, that with them, the knowledge stops. Mm-hmm. Nobody in this world has the right to say that and should have that right. So if your doctor says, I can't help you and I don't know what's going on, um, then look elsewhere and you will find the answers. We have in a wonderful world. We live in a wonderful world of abundant information available to us at the tips of our fingers online on the Internet. Search, search and look and you will find You will find the information without doubt. Mm -hmm. There's one more subject I would like to touch. As I was working with my um, GAPS patients, I got, uh, at certain point, I got a a group of anorexic girls brought to me because I deal with this kind of conditions. And I've discovered that almost all of those girls became anorexic because of misguided vegetarianism. And that uh, spurred a very steep, uh, another steep learning curve for me. This is your new book, right? It's my new book. My new book came out last year. The vegetarianism called vegetarianism explained, yeah. Explained, mm-hmm. Exactly. What I have explained, um, how the human body feeds itself and what place animal foods have in, the, in our uh, human bodies and what place uh, plants should have. You will not find that information anywhere else. Because the first thing that I've discovered when I started looking, that there is no solid science for us to rely upon. The only scientific studies published on vegetarianism altogether are the ones which were conducted by evangelists in this area or funded by these uh, groups of people. And they are skewed uh, that these, science, these, these studies have been incorrectly designed, incorrectly analyzed. You cannot trust them. So I had to go down to the uh, clinical experience of many, many doctors who work with these patients all over the world and to the basic biochemistry, basic physiology, basic physics. And that's where I found the truth. That's where I found the real information which was available and is available. And that's what I've described in that book. If you know anybody who is considering plant-based lifestyle or you're considering it yourself, please read that book first. It is essential for you to be informed. It's very easy to to get into trouble. Well, I'm about to say we've had lots of people on here and we we discussed this many times and the vegan vegetarian movement it's almost becoming like a religion of a cult and people get very very um very very i should say self-righteous about it very very cross if you say that it's, it's wrong uh, and i've said before you know everything's got its place but um people get very ill you know i do have a lot of very ill vegans and vegetarians so do you probably um but i'd love to get you back on and actually talk about that book um properly go through everything because i think it's a, it's, it's an area that needs needs you if you because i think you need to spend time um actually explaining and going through everything because 
a lot of people would love to, they can read the book, but sometimes it's when you're talking about certain topics, people can absorb it a lot, a lot better when it's been talked about. And um, it's because... I'll be, very, I'll be very happy to do that. And because, very happy to Because I want to get it out there to people, you know. I mean, for vegan, some people can fry for a little while and then, then their body needs, you know, it's, it's amazing because you've got things like the Gerson Therapy and you've got the Parkinson's in, Institute and always... But they don't realise that there's some, sometimes a thing that cleanses the body then leaves it very malnourished. And this is something we want to get into, and I'd love to discuss it. With this, Tesla, I just, I just want to carry on here, because when we, we've, we've, we've gone on to, you've, you've explained things phenomenally, but there's certain areas that I just want to ask you a couple of questions with. Um, when it comes to autism, lots of people talk about vaccines and autism. Lots of parents have seen their child be absolutely fine, get a vaccination and then go dead behind the eyes or get massive reactions. Um, and people then say, well, vaccines cause autism. And other people say, no, vaccines don't cause autism. They cause brain inflammation. Um, and then you throw that in there with things like glyphosate and different uh, other areas. What would What is your take on vaccines and, um, and their association with autism? Babies are born with an immature immune system. It's an immune system that needs education. Establishment of normal gut flora in the first few days of life in a baby is a major, huge educational experience for the immune system. Increasing proportion of our babies in the Western world acquire abnormal gut flora from their parents on day one of their life. And that leaves them immune compromised. A child who is immune compromised has an immune system that is misinformed, malnourished, and it doesn't really know what it's doing. That immune system is not going to react to the environment in a predictable way or appropriate way. Vaccination is a huge attack on the immune system. Vaccinations are designed for babies and children with healthy, perfectly healthy, normal immune systems. We have a high proportion of GAPS babies being born today in the world, and that proportion is growing every day, every year in the Western world, particularly in the English-speaking countries. These children are immune compromised. They are not fit to be vaccinated with the standard vaccination protocol. So based on that, I believe that we must review our vaccination protocol. We must do that because we're damaging an unacceptable number of babies. Because if a child's immune compromised, the reaction of the immune system to the vaccination is completely unpredictable. We don't know what will happen and how the immune system will react to it. So, Vaccines themselves cannot be pronounced as the cause of autism. But in a child who is immune compromised, they can trigger it. Mm -hmm. Or if they mm -hmm. don't trigger it, they can bring the child closer mm -hmm. to the disorder. And it doesn't have to be necessarily autism. It can be diabetes type 1, yeah. for example. We have an epidemic of diabetes type 1. Yeah. When I started practicing as a medical doctor, the youngest person we've ever seen with diabetes type 1 was an 18-year-old young person. Today, I've got babies a few weeks old with diabetes type 1, and that proportion is growing. It, it has become much, much younger, and it's becoming quite an epidemic. These children are immune compromised. Vaccinations compromise their immune system even further, and the child may not develop diabetes type 1 straight next day after the vaccination, but the vaccination might bring the child closer. Yeah. to that problem it's, and you can put to that uh, into that group asthma and eczema and allergies and rheumatoid arthritis in children and any other chronic disorder mental or physical i mean this is why 
it's so so important for parents to get healthy before they think of conceiving and people always say oh these babies well what have they done to get cancer or leukemia same thing you know you're, if you're passing if you're hugely toxic in your i mean especially the firstborn the firstborn baby of any woman takes a huge amount of that toxic load um and so you know i think you say to people it's so important to get healthy before pregnant both mother and father and just to be living a healthy lifestyle to begin with when you talked about the the, the gut um and said about antibiotics if people are doing the gaps protocol and they've had antibiotics before or whether they're doing any gut healing protocol and they're taking the probiotics eating quality foods um things like fermented foods um can you can repopulate your gut and you can get it to a certain level where these the passing on you're actually going to be passing on stronger genes is that correct Absolutely, absolutely. Fermented foods are a very important part of the GAPS nutritional protocol. We have to put beneficial microbes back into the gut in order to drive the pathogens out and to replace them with the beneficial uh, good flora in the person. It's very, very important. So if, we also talked about breast milk. Now, if a mum is actually toxic, is that breast milk going to be doing baby more harm than good? Uh, And would you... um, get the mum to them maybe get something like a raw organic um, goat's milk or cow's milk instead or what would be best option because lots of um you know i've seen before lots of women these days are hugely toxic and uh one of the questions i had one of the women asked me to ask you about her, her baby who was screaming after having been breastfed um got a lot of gas a lot of wind and then this has gone on and on and now they've, they've been putting the baby on formula that um, when I looked at the ingredients for this, I can't believe they're actually allowed to sell it in terms of what it is. Um, so what would what would be your, your take on that, Natasha? Absolutely. What we have to understand that milk of any animal, including human uh, milk, is the white blood of the female with the red blood cells removed and some other cells removed. It's alive. It's full of alive uh, immune cells and white blood cells and enzymes and vitamins and all kinds of things, but also any kind of toxicity that is flowing in the blood of the mother will be in her milk. Women who have abnormal gut flora, they have a river of toxicity flowing from their gut into the blood. And that all goes to the baby. So the first thing to do in any situation when the child develops colic or any other problem after breastfeeding, for the mother to clean up her diet, she basically needs to go on the second or third stage of the GAPS introduction diet. That's what I recommend to these mothers. Mm -hmm. And in a large proportion of these mothers, the baby stops screaming and the problem goes away. Mm -hmm. Apart from the, you know, the the, the most severe end uh, of the women who are so toxic, so damaged, or, or maybe who are taking some pharmaceutical medications or have been taking pharmaceutical medications during pregnancy or, or prior to pregnancy, which are still in their system and still going to the baby. So with these women, we have to stop breastfeeding. And formula is never a replacement for um, breast milk. It can never, ever replace it. Breast milk is a living substance. Mm -hmm. It has a living force in it. It has energy in it. It has wonderful things in it, which a dead powder from a packet can never deliver. Never. And also based on... um, Dogma, nutritional dogma and commercial dogma, um, formulas are affected by, by these dogmas. For example, they have no cholesterol in them or they have yeah. 
No, no other essential substances which are absolutely essential. Uh, a woman's breast milk is very rich in cholesterol Huge, because yeah. it's essential for the brain development of the child and the eye development of the child. Formula has no cholesterol in it based on, on, on this commercial dogma. As a result, these children who are not breastfed, who are formula fed from the beginning, quite often finish up with glasses, with eye problems and with learning problems as well. Mm. They're not very bright, these children, quite often. That, that's, that's what happens. So... And that's just one problem. Formula can never, ever replace it. What we need to do, we need to bring back the traditional ancient practice of wet nursing. Because you never know, you know, giving a, giving a birth to a child is one of the most dangerous things a woman can do in her life. And you can't prepare for breastfeeding and you give birth and your milk just doesn't flow. And you don't know why and things can happen. So, and that's nothing new. Because human beings used to live in large families, in close-knit communities, when one woman could not breastfeed her baby, other breastfeeding women around will pick up and breastfeed her baby. That was called wet nursing, and that was an ancient practice, a traditional practice. And we have to bring that practice back. There were women, before the formulas were invented, for whom it was a profession. Mm -hmm. You know, she might be in her 40s, this woman. But she's still producing good amounts of milk and her milk is healthy because she is healthy. Mm -hmm. She's a healthy, vibrant woman and she would sell her milk. She would breastfeed other people's babies where a mother, for whatever reason, cannot breastfeed. I think people are doing that now, aren't they? I think there's a bit of a movement for that. Yeah, we need to bring that back. We need to. It can be a profession uh, for a woman. It can be a source of income for a healthy woman who can continue uh, producing milk all of her life because as long as... Her breast is suckled as long as the milk is uh, being extracted from the breast. A woman can produce milk for many, many years. Mm. She can continue producing it and producing. As long as her diet is clean, she's healthy, she's well, she can help many, many babies. And that is much, much better than any formula. So what I recommend to any pregnant lady, young ladies in our Western world, when you go to your antenatal classes during pregnancy, single out a few ladies there in the class who look healthy, speak to them, Exchange email addresses, exchange phone numbers and say, look, things happen. One of us may not be able to breastfeed. Shall we support each other? Shall we help each other? Shall we share our milk if one of us is in trouble? When I had my babies, I could feed five, honestly. I had so much. <laughs> and there are many, many women like that in this world who have far too much milk to feed one baby. They could, they could quite easily share their milk. And uh, if we created that network, if we created that, brought that practice back to our Western world, we will do a lot of good for our babies. I think that's uh, something that definitely needs to happen. I think it's, it's the, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing when you say that as the world gets more and more complex, we have to go become more and more simple in what we're doing is in going back. And it's what we're fighting the whole time to try and get people to understand that these ancient traditions and these tribes that people mock because they think that they haven't got iPhones and they're like stupid it's just, so they've been doing these things for for years and years for a reason because they work and uh, we're the ones that are fatter than sicker than, than ever not them you know if you go into them and so things, things like that are, are amazing so also um, for, for Natasha for um, say you get to a toddler how, how old can someone go on, on the GAPS diet if you've got a four year old they're fine on the GAPS diet uh, absolutely um, there's, there's no there's no restriction to age no absolutely not what I recommend is um, for women in our world who are considering to have a child because in the western world nowadays you can't just go and have a child go and have a child 
we are so polluted, all of us, because we, the environment that we created, the environment we, we live in, <clears throat> the food. So every young couple actually has to make an effort nowadays to cleanse their bodies before conceiving. Which is why they've been fertile, right? Everyone can't get pregnant. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and in many, many people who are infertile, many couples who cannot conceive, when they go in the gaps, they, they conceive. Uh, um, it's... Because the body just restructures itself, metabolism changes completely, mm -hmm. the hormones start getting produced, and and the person conceives. So that's a major, uh, a major, major thing that can happen in your family. Yeah. So start with in preconception mm -hmm. and go through the pregnancy following the GAPS nutritional protocol, and then through the um, breastfeeding, and continue afterwards, and you will produce a healthy child, and you will produce your body will be healthy, and the pregnancy will be easy for you. And the child labor will be much, much easier and breastfeeding will be easy. So it can really safeguard people from many, many problems because the GAPS diet is based on traditional ancient practices. The way women used to cook in all of the traditional societies around the world, the way we used to value certain foods and how we um, all, all the traditional practices. Mm -hmm. It's it's just this makes sense. I mean, it's a GAPS diet. It's um it's just something that people generally probably used to do naturally um, in terms of what they eat, whether they live in it. It's now we're so bombarded with toxins. I say to people all, all the time, prevention is much better than cure. You know, let's do things right. Get there. If you can step outside the line sometimes, but if you're doing the th most of the things right, all like 90% of the time, those little things, if you're having your probiotics, fermented foods, you're having your fermented drinks, your gut's going to, you're going to get clear stuff, you're putting good stuff in and you're staying away from all these toxic foods and etc. You know, you're doing things to boost your immune system. This all plays a massive part in keeping you healthy. And look, you're going to go out and be social every now and again, but it's when people take the royal mick, that's what happens and that becomes normal. Um, it's, it's, um, how did you, just quickly, Natasha, how did you come to start working with Donna Gates? I know you've got the GAPS diet, she's got her body ecology diet, something that I've uh, studied with. Um, how, how come you guys, how did you guys get together? We met each other at one of the conferences um, in, in the States, and our work was, um, we were working in the same vein. You yeah, know, very similar. Pulling in the same direction. So it was quite natural for us to, um, to develop a, a friendship. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, both your work, um, I think people need to, I mean, a lot of the concepts we, we, we've been, been promoting for myself for, for years and years, and it's just something that I think people need to take on board. And just, as you said before, it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. And when that, when that yeah, when that becomes exactly. part of, yeah, when it becomes part of what we do, um, then yeah, just, just for people out there, foods, foods in your opinion that people should stay away, well away from and foods that people should... Um, start. Or just quickly on fermented foods. Do you ever find that fermented foods can actually be a bit too powerful for some people to start with? They need to ease themselves in. There is a phenomenon called the die-off reaction. Mm -hmm. well, there's a scientific name for it, uh, Hertzheimer reaction. Yep. When you introduce a powerful beneficial microbe into the digestive system in the form of a probiotic or in the form of fermented food, because fermented foods, every mouthful is teeming with beneficial microbes. Mm -hmm. These beneficial microbes start attacking and killing the pathogens which are sitting in your digestive system. And when these pathogens die, they release toxins, and these are the toxins which make you autistic, hyperactive, depressed, give you Hashimoto's, or give you multiple sclerosis, or give you anything else that is your individual symptoms. So if you suddenly 
kill a lot of these bugs at once, the amount of toxicity that they can release can make you feel quite ill. So it is a good idea to introduce probiotics and introduce fermented foods gradually, starting mm -hmm. from tiny amounts and building up slowly to control that reaction, not to throw your body into a die-off that can put you into bed, you know, debilitate you. Yeah, 100%. I, I completely agree. And that's why some people go in too hard. That's why sometimes, um, well, it's, it's very important sometimes to have someone there to, to give you that support and accountability. People can think things aren't working when they are working, but they're just going too hard. And they can get, say, say a die-off or a healing crisis or hit a bit of turbulence, hit a roadblock, and they need that support and guidance. So I think that's really important for people to know. Um, just because you're feeling a bit worse, it can actually mean it's working. It's just working very quickly. Um, and so these are things we need to do. Natasha, anything else you'd like to add? I mean, I really do want to get you back on. I'm trying even get myself up to uh, to Norfolk so we can do things face-to-face. -face. I think that would be awesome because I think we'd... Uh, I think I could talk to you for hours. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but anything else you'd like to add? Well, I just um, want to tell people that human body is a miraculous creation. All the healing is programmed in your body. It is your own body that is doing the healing. Not the doctor, not the pill, not the diet, not anybody else. So trust your body, listen to it, listen to all the signals it gives you, and follow its guide. It, it's, it's, it's a relationship that has to be developed between you and your body. And all kinds of illnesses that are pronounced incurable by our mainstream medicine, because they don't have the cure, they pronounce it as incurable. But the cure exists elsewhere. Maybe not a full cure, but some help to whatever degree exists elsewhere. So keep looking and you will find it and never lose hope. Awesome. Thank you very much, Natasha. If we just stay on the line there, but that's, um, that was, well, I mean, it's some, so much knowledge in there for people to take away. We covered a lot of topics and uh, I think it just gets people to understand the basics of what they need to do and why it's so, why your gut is so important. And uh, yeah, it's not even your second brain anymore. It's your first brain. It's the most important part of, of your health and getting that, getting that healed and sealed is so hugely important. Thank you so much. Absolutely. For time. I'd like to, I'd like to add one more little, uh, little bit. Um, I have been training um, health practitioners all over the world in the GAPS nutritional protocol for mm -hmm. the last years, mm -hmm. uh, for the last more than 10 years now. And uh, we have a list of all these certified GAPS practitioners on my website called gaps.me, me. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you go there, you will find um, many, many practitioners. And you may be surprised to find one quite near, nearby to work with. So if you need guidance, if you need help with implementing the GAPS nutritional protocol, the help is there. And many of these practitioners... Uh, not only working face-to-face, -face, they work by Skype, they work by phone. So the practitioner doesn't have to be close by. You can work um, at a distance with these people. I continue training these practitioners. So for professionals who would like to get trained, the training is now online and you will find all the information on my website. Cool. Awesome. Tasha, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and I can't wait to, uh, to get our second installment booked in. <laughs> That's a pleasure. Thank you very much. No worries. So, guys and girls, there it was. The interview with Dr. Campbell McBride. Cannot wait to get her back on. 
for the second episode talking all about vegetarianism explained um she's got a busy schedule but i'm going to try and get over to her house in norfolk and do an interview one-to-one because there's so much that we could talk about um she did go completely off on one and we covered so many topics and it was really important just to get to why i always but talk about gut health, bang on about gut health, is so important to you to understand. And yeah, look, people, if you're not got a health disease or a chronic issue, then yes, um, you're going to step out inside the lines every now and again. But just make sure you do all the things to get yourself back inside those lines. Majority of the time, eating good organic foods and in fermented foods, um, good quality water, um, fermented um, liquid drinks for yeah i mean so many different things that you can you can do uh, just reducing your overall toxic load huge as well you know as i said in there you can't dry off when you're still in the shower make sure you're you're stopping those toxins coming in much as possible and also switching off your wi-fi at night so your brain can actually clean itself that lymphatic system from 2 a.m to 6 a.m is really really important so switching off the wi-fi because otherwise that wi-fi actually as mla was telling us and the research has showed it just impairs your body's ability to clean so you need to get that off um and because that also starts to stimulate aluminium and, and lead and mercury and and cadmium in the body and that can play havoc with the brain so it was an awesome interview with her you can find her at gaps.com www.gaps.com or dr natasha campbell mcbride.com um she's there as i said before we've been helping people with these gut issues for a long period of time and different health issues so um if you want some one-to-one help with that, don't be afraid to reach out to myself at, at um, www.reviveyourself.co and you hit the contact link to or send me an email at right at reviveyourself.co. Um, this is why I know talking about her book um, that she's got, which is brilliant, but I know a lot of times people need that support, that accountability and having someone there to guide them through because inevitably what happens is um, I needed it on my journey. So if it's not us and it's someone else you resonate with, that's perfect to go and work with them as well. I just want you to, to be as healthy and happy as possible if you're going through a chronic health condition. And as she said, whatever that may be, anything from a gut issue to a skin issue, energy problems, MS, whatever it is, it all starts in the gut and getting that healed. And once that is healed, it's a game changer. So, guys and girls, that was the interview. We've got a brilliant one coming up for you. Um, we're getting Mark McAfee on from Organic Pastures, all about raw milk, the benefits of that. Uh, as much as the vegans will tell you there's no benefits in it, it's not what I found dealing with myself and my clients, so it be an interesting one. Uh, and so until next week, I want you to stay happy, stay healthy, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. If you're struggling with gut issues, such as gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, indigestion, heartburn, and want to finally be able to eat the foods you love without the crippling after effects, then don't forget to head over to reviveyourself.co and pick up your free copy of The Healing Health Paradigm today.